Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week is the last Sunday before the beginning of Lent, and as we do every year, we walk with Jesus to the top of the mountain with his chosen disciples to experience the power of the transfiguration. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from a cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Most of you are probably familiar with the online social media site, Facebook. I mean, <laughs> probably not all of you use it, and I have to say I don't get as much joy out of it as I once did, but it's, it's kind of out there. But one of the things that Facebook does that I enjoy, one of the few things left that I enjoy from Facebook, are what they call memories. And so for those who aren't familiar, as you post things, you know, pictures and stuff, a year or two or ten years later on the anniversary, it'll show you one of these pictures and say, you're a memory of the day. 
And I really enjoy this feature because, like most people, the things I post on Facebook are, are happy things, things that I'm happy to see and remember. Pictures of the kids reaching milestones or, or going through things that we celebrate or experiences that we derive a great deal of joy from. It's really nice, you know, because basically I use Facebook as like um, a photo album. And it's kind of like when Aunt Ruth came back from her vacation and you all had to look at the pictures from her vacation. That's what Facebook is like. We take our individual photo albums and share them with all the world in hopes that they will take as much appreciation in the things that we enjoy as we do. And, you know, I've been thinking about this because one of the problems with Facebook is that since we're all sort of posting all of these things that we, we enjoy, that we like, that we celebrate, when we're looking at someone else's photo album, it appears as though their life is just an endless train of happy, positive things happening. And especially for young people on social media, this can be very damaging because they look at it and they see that other people are not struggling in the way that they struggle. Right? Because the thing is, I don't know about you, but I don't usually post bad things. And when I look back at my photo albums, you know, that because I lived a life before 2010, so I have photo albums. <laughs> you know, I don't have a picture of, like, my girlfriend breaking up with me in high school. <laughs> I don't have a picture of the day I got fired from the toy store, which I still kind of hold a grudge about, I have to be honest. <laughs> right? We don't usually mark and celebrate the bad things that have happened in our lives. We just don't really have pictures. We don't think in the midst of something bad happening to us, you know what, I think I should take a selfie, right? We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. And yet, you know, when I think about it, one of the things that I struggle with and that sociologists say that lots of people struggle with, so I'm going to say some of us here may experience this, is that the bad things that have happened to us resonate much more strongly in me than the positive things. And one of the reasons I think that we have photo albums and now social media to capture those good moments is because we really struggle to hold on to them. It's so much easier to remember the disappointments, the regrets, that in our, our darkest times those things come so often first to our minds. At least I know that's my experience. And then it can be hard to hold on to those, those positive moments, that we have to be actively reminded of them rather than just bringing them to mind. And today is the last Sunday before the beginning of Lent, and we always celebrate this transfiguration event. Right, where Jesus takes Peter and James and John to the top of the mountain and they have this crazy vision of Jesus dazzling white and shining brightly with Moses and Elijah and Peter babbles some nonsense about building some, some booths or in, in this translation some dwelling places. Right, and we've all, we do this every year and generally speaking the transfiguration sermon is something like you can't live on the mountain. Right? You can't stay there. Peter wants to stay there and build the dwellings, but we can't. We have to go back down the mountain and live in the valley. And I think that transfiguration is sort of like that happy event that we are celebrating in our photo albums and in our social media presence. 
right? It's this great thing that happened. And Peter wants to remember. That's what this letter from 2 Peter, our, our epistle reading was about today. Peter reminding people about this great herald, this great experience, this powerful moving encounter with the living God on the mountaintop. We all have these sort of mountaintop experiences where we feel like we're on top of the world. And those are the things that we like to take pictures of. But the reality is, that just as in the story and every sermon you've ever heard in the Transfiguration, we have to go back down. Right? That our life is not full of an endless stream of positive, happy, celebratory moments, but there are dark spaces to be walked through as well. All of us have to walk through the valley. All of us have to come down from the mountain and go through everyday life. And when I think about my everyday life, you know, first and foremost in my thoughts generally are the things that I have to get done. Right? We all have sort of everyday tasks that we have to complete. And I don't mean just like job tasks, but like we have to get out of bed and we have to get food for ourselves and we have to provide for those that we take care of and, and you know, all of the things that we have to do. I have to go to the car wash. But every time I go to the car wash, there's a line out to West Genesee Street. And so, you know, I really need to get to the car wash because my car is going to rust. Those are the kind of things that are like foremost in my mind. And then secondly are sort of the obstacles and difficulties I am facing in my life at this moment. How am I going to overcome those things? And then somewhere underneath that is probably that, that time where I'm sitting and thinking about all the things that I really, I made a mistake. I need to figure out how to make amends or correct. So in my day-to-day -day life, as I'm going through, I'm not really crawling up these positive things, right? I'm not, I'm not remembering those times when I was on the mountain. And we're about to enter into Lent, right? That, that great 40 days. Sundays don't count, so if you're giving up chocolate, you can have chocolate on Sunday. But these great <laughs> 40 days of Lent. And generally speaking, by tradition, we have looked at Lent as a time to sort of wallow in the valley. It's this penitential time where we're supposed to kind of focus on all of the ways that we don't live on the mountain. And I've been thinking that I, maybe we have it wrong. That maybe what Lent is really an invitation to is through the things that we do, through the disciplines that we take up in Lent, whether that's giving up something or taking on something new or, or some other way that we are marking this period with intention and purpose. That instead of focusing on all of the ways that living in the valley kind of sucks, that through those disciplines we're meant to be reminded of the times that we were on the mountaintop. Because the most important thing about being on the mountain with Jesus and seeing that sublime experience and hearing the voice of God from the clouds talking about Jesus is that in their fear, in their fear, Jesus comes, touches them, it says, and tells them, don't be afraid. And then they walk down the mountain together. And that the same Jesus who was transfigured and magnificent on the mountain is the same Jesus who, in his everyday guise, walks with us through the lowest points, 
through the day-to-day -day grind of our lives. And that same magnificence, that same glory, that same love, that same caring words to tell us, don't be afraid, are with us always. That the great promise of the, of the moment on the top of the world is that's true. We don't get to live in that forever. But that doesn't mean its power is taken away from us. That in this Lent, we are called to remember what it was like to be on the mountain and to be reminded that Jesus continues to walk with us down the slope and into the valley, through the valley of the shadows. And never, ever leaves us that our faith is an invitation to hold fast to these moments of sublime glory so that we have the strength and the courage to not be afraid in the depth of the shadows that jesus walks with us always in every moment of every day and jesus's love is boundless and unending. And though we don't live on the mountain, we are not in the valley alone. Amen.